Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 54 of Lean Blog Audio. This post was published on May 22nd, 2015. And it's actually an article that I wrote for LinkedIn. I'm part of their, uh, what they call the Influencers Series. If you'd like to read the post or if you want to uh, get a link to that and read past articles that I've written there. Uh, things generally for a broader, wider business and healthcare audience that, you know, writing a little bit differently than I would uh, for Lean Blog. Go to leanblog.org slash audio 54 and you'll find a link to that post and then you can click on my name or, you know, at the bottom it says how many posts I've written. Um, you can click there and see all the past posts, uh, interesting topics, I think. Um, so here is that post, and it's titled 10 Key Lean Mindsets for Factories, Hospitals, Startups, and More. Now, it's been more than 25 years since the term lean production was coined, although the Toyota production system is much older than that. Hospitals and health systems have been using lean as an improvement methodology and management system for more than 10 years in, in some cases. And it's been about five years since the lean startup methodology was codified uh, by Eric Ries, which led to his book of the same title. So what makes lean applicable in so many different settings, including banks, law firms, government offices, and nonprofits? It's not necessarily the specific tools, it's the thinking, the mindsets, and philosophies of lean. Now, lean isn't all about thinking or, or just pondering things. You know, the actions taken and the methods used are the result of the underlying thought processes and beliefs. Many organizations have been tripped up by thinking, unfortunately, that lean is just about some tools or tactics that you implement. Now, I learned these mindsets, these 10 mindsets, during my, the first decade of my career in manufacturing. In the second decade of my career, I've seen how powerful these ideas can be in healthcare. And I propose that they would be helpful to any lean startup, uh, whether they're in the early stages or as they grow into a larger company. Now, these are by no means the only 10 mindsets that matter, but here are some that seem most re relevant to me, and I'm gonna list them in, in no particular order. I think the Toyota notion of respect for people is deeply embedded in all of this. And I'd love to hear your thoughts or explanation of additional lean mindsets in the comments, either there uh, at LinkedIn or on my site. Again, that's leanblog.org slash audio 54. Now here's those 10 mindsets. One, lean is obsessively customer focused. Lean thinkers realize that value is defined by the customer. What problems do we solve for our customers? Toyota had a chief engineer drive minivans across North America to better understand the needs of customers here. And that illustrates a related concept of go and see or Genshi Gembutsu. Lean health systems redesign cancer treatment so everything and everybody comes to the patient rather than making a fatigued patient walk from building to building. And lean startups excel at understanding customer needs and value through the customer development approach um, from Steve Blank and others. Now, if you're not sure where to start in your lean journey, start with something that makes life better for your customers. Mindset two, silos are bad. As organizations grow, silos are created for functional areas. It happens in manufacturing companies, health systems, and larger software companies. It's unusual for a single isolated function or department to really deliver full value to a customer. Lean teaches us how to break down silos through our use of methods like value stream mapping. But if we don't first have the mindset of breaking down barriers to collaboration, which includes looking at budgets and incentives, that mapping might just be a waste of time. Number three, don't expect technology silver bullets. 
Most industries are prone to the silver bullet trap, where leaders think that software, automation, or technology will provide an easy solution to our problems. This usually turns out to be untrue, whether it's ERP systems for a manufacturer, EMR or EHR for a hospital, or CRM for a sales and marketing team. And hopefully sales and marketing aren't two separate silos. You know, the lean mindset is to make sure that we don't automate bad processes or ignore our workflows. As Toyota says, or it's expressed by Jeff Liker in the book, The Toyota Way, use only reliable, thoroughly tested technology that serves your people and processes. Now, Dr. Bob Wachter's recent book, The Digital Doctor, includes a cautionary tale about how technology solves some problems, but hides or causes others. I think the headline of uh, an excerpt that I've linked to here unfairly blames the technology. Um, the, the headline for that piece was published at medium.com said, how medical tech gave a patient a massive overdose. Now, it was also a human factors and psychology challenge. I don't think it's something that we can uh, just blame on technology. This has all got to work together. As Toyota says, supporting your people in processes, not working uh, or trying to fix things in spite of them. And if you want to hear more uh, from Dr. Walker on uh, my original um, interviews podcast series, go to leanblog.org slash 220. Number four, problems are treasure not to be hidden. Most organizations use overt fear and subtle intimidation to get people to hide and cover up problems. I saw that at General Motors, and it happens all the time in hospitals where errors and near misses are chronically underreported. GM is still trying to change their culture to get employees to speak up about problems, although I think the problem is really more of a lack of listening from leaders. A lean organization thanks people for speaking up and focuses efforts on identifying the root cause, which is point number six, and preventing future occurrences. And as they say at Toyota, no problems is a problem. Point five, lean ends command and control. Command and control structures where the boss gives orders and expects you to not contribute ideas, um, they're, they're outdated. Yet so many organizations cling to this approach. Lean is a far more collaborative and uh, participative approach where leaders still set direction, goals, and strategy, but the rest of the organization contributes ideas, helps prioritize improvements, and even pushes back on what used to be top-down direction. And they do so through a process called catchball. Layering a few lean tools onto a command and control culture is not really lean at all. Forcing people to embrace lean methods in a command and control way misses the point of lean completely. Point six, stop jumping to solutions. Now, people love jumping to solutions. Sometimes they even jump to lean as a solution at a high level for their company, hospital, or startup. Lean thinkers first ask, what problem are we trying to solve? We use root cause analysis, which includes not just the five whys approach that's talked about so much in the lean startup movement, but we often first use methods like fishbone diagrams to brainstorm and analyze different causes before diving deeper with the whys. In the plan, do, study, adjust, or PDSA cycle of problem solving, lean thinkers tend to spend at least half of their time on problem definition and analysis before jumping into considering solutions. Here's a pro tip. Five in the five whys is not a magic number. Your problem solving might require just three or, or maybe six. It's not magically five. Step seven, go to Gemba. Lean thinkers realize that problems are rarely solved in offices or conference rooms. 
Gemba is a Japanese word that means the actual place or where the work is done. It's a good habit for leaders to, here's this phrase again, go and see, walking or traveling to where a problem is being seen in the factory, a nursing unit, or a software customer site. Go and see is followed by ask why and show respect as key mindsets. Lean leaders don't go to the Gemba to jump to solutions, reinforce silos, or blame employees. Lean startups should already be doing a good job of, quote, getting out of the building to go and see and better understand their customer needs in a day in the life of their customers. Point eight, stop accepting, quote, necessary trade-offs. Many industries have a mantra or a joke about, you know, trade-offs between cost, quality, and time. We see this in construction, software, and healthcare. Now, when I was a young engineer at GM, I asked our Toyota-trained plant manager which we needed to focus on first, quality or cost. Well, he said both. When we improve processes and value streams with lean methods, cost and quality both improve. But many, get, many people get held back by thinking that's not even possible, hence the, name, the need for changing the mindset to challenge people instead of assuming that those trade-offs are necessary. Point nine, stop jumping through hoops. Now, if people generally love jumping to solutions or barking orders, they also often, in a way, love jumping through hoops. Many people find pride in constantly fighting fires, even if they're fighting the same fires every day. Or people get numb to the waste and problems in their work, so they don't think to improve it. Lean thinkers realize that we should all collaborate in making work easier, which means we can spend more time focusing on customers or patients or doing value-added work. And finally, point 10, don't blame. Maybe this should be higher in the list, but again, these are in no particular order. Don't blame. One other deeply ingrained human habit that we have is blaming others or individuals for problems. It's, it's basically part of our DNA. Now, that habit pops up in workplaces all the time. The, a developer gets blamed for the bad code that crashed the website, or a nurse gets blamed for giving the patient the wrong medication. We'll never be able to get to the root cause of problems and then prevent them if we get sidetracked with naming, blaming, and shaming, as they call it in healthcare. As Dr. Deming taught, something like 94% of defects and problems are caused by the system, by systemic factors. Now, maybe it's confirmation bias, but that seems very true in my experiences. We get further by looking at processes and systems than we do blaming. So what do you think? Has your organization embraced some or all of those mindsets? Um, what, what are your challenges looking ahead? And what else would you add to this list? If you'd like to chime in, either on my blog or over on LinkedIn, where we've had uh, a lot of comments, 35 comments so far, Go to leanblog.org slash audio 54. Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com.